Shortlist has been reporting recruitment industry news for more than 20 years. In this podcast, we share the full interviews that occur behind the scenes of our articles. In this episode, I'm interviewing Tanya Sinibaldi. She joined Brunel International as a regional director overseeing Australasia a bit over a year ago. In that time, she's been leading a transformation of the business, which has really turned around its results, as well as, of course, responding to COVID and its challenges. So, Tanya, this podcast season is all about recruitment leaders' responses to the pandemic and all of the associated issues that have come with that. So do you want to give me a bit of a sum up of, of how this year has been for you? Look, I think the year has been like no other. Um, we uh, certainly uh, were, you know, living day by day, uh, understanding, um, you know, what challenges or opportunities even uh, pre- presented um, and having to, uh, you know, respond with speed. Um, and I suppose the complexity with all of that was, um, and someone who's naturally inclined to being able to gather the facts, analyse, um, you know, and then make my decisions accordingly, when you've got nothing to refer back to. Um, and then as we know, um, you know, the pandemic was rewriting the facts daily for us. Um, it, it, was, it was challenging in the start. Um, but, you know, you, you, you soon adapted, realised what you were working with um, and, uh, and got on with it. So, um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been uh, constant learning <laughs> every <laughs> yes. day. Yes, it has, hasn't it? All right. And so you're over on the West Coast in Perth. So tell me a bit about, um, about how things are over there and how Brunel in particular has, has been impacted too. So on the West Coast, we're um, at, at this point in time, uh, you know, we're at a very good stage within our phases. We haven't had community transmission for six months. So there's a lot of ease of movement within our state, um, and, uh, which, is, which is positive. Um, the complexity, however, um, is the border closures. Um, and Brunel obviously does have business in New South Wales and Queensland. So personally, as a leader, to not be able to travel to see them um, has been challenging and required some thought um, because contact via video only goes so far is what I've discovered. Um, it works um, and it's, it's certainly some, a tool that we will keep, um, but that personal interaction and sitting down with staff um, is something that was starting to concern me over the, over the past month. Um, and, and therefore, from a business perspective, um, we're dominant in the oil and gas space, um, mining, uh, construction, uh, renewables. Um, mining was very, very quick to respond and, and find a way to continue their business. Um, so that has served us uh, very, very well. Um, and oil and gas, of course, there were some challenges with, the, with you know, the price of oil prior too, and, and therefore there's been, been a lot of change. So, uh, but thankfully, uh, business-wise, uh, going going very well. Um, in, and, and in fact, I'm, I'm actually able to report growth, which um, you know, which I which I think is a great story. Um, but the complexity of movement uh, for our um, clients and, and therefore our workforces uh, on client sites and ourselves uh, still exist today and it's challenging. Yeah, yeah. So one thing that's been interesting for me um, is, is all the different ways that leaders have stepped up during this, this crisis or this pandemic. So how, how would you describe your leadership style and how has that influenced how you've managed this year? Yeah, um, look, I generally move quite fast. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, 
I'll, uh, you know, look at what we're trying to solve, uh, use all the facts available, um, make those decisions, you know, clearly communicate um, and, uh, you know, move, move at speed. Because I think in, in this environment today, it's about, you know, agility, resilience, um, and, you know, I, I also subscribe to creativity. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, thinking differently to, uh, to solve the solutions uh, so that we can stand out from the crowd. Um, but I think uh, the key change that I made uh, to all of that was to slow down. Um, and yeah. I think uh, the workforce needed to stay calm um, and not that frantic pace of how am I going to solve this? Um, because when I was looking at them, they, they had concern or, or fear, for, for want of a better word, that colleagues in the industry were being made redundant. They didn't know if that was on the cards for them. We also didn't really know um, whether we were, you know, going to um, uh, contract COVID. They were scared to come in on trains, scared to come into a workplace. Um, so it was a very different situation than what we've ever faced um, yeah. before. And it also wasn't just a workplace thing. It was your personal life, your, your friend's life, your work life. It was at home. It, it actually um, was being managed at all levels. Um, so I slowed down and, I, and yeah. it was about being calm um, and really uh, making sure that they could see our key focus was to um, reflect daily um, and communicate daily and that as a leadership team, we had them front of mind. Um, so that's probably the key thing. And then, look, communication was key um, as well and that's easy to say, but it had to be a clear, uh, short, simple, consistent uh, mm -hmm. But particularly when we went home, I, I, for myself personally, it was the unknown date of when I was ever coming back to the workforce that I was finding most challenging. Yeah. So whenever I sent out a communication, it always included a timeline of when I would be reviewing the current state of working from home or whatever it might have been that we had instigated. It always gave them a framework of this is in place for two weeks and we will review again and communicate again or you will hear from me again tomorrow. I always put a timeline in yeah. so that they uh, put boundaries around what it was we were working with at that at that given moment. So I think they were the, the key things that, um, that I... Um, yeah. yeah, that I that I adopted the bond. Yeah. Okay. Great. Can I take you back to something that you said? You mentioned um, things like agility and resilience, but also creativity and thinking differently to solve problems. So, can you give me a bit of an example of how that's played out for you? Um, look, I I, I, um, I I think you have to draw upon that uh, you know that grit, um, mm. you know, to, to get through. So it, it's just something that I've always personally subscribed to. Um, you know, many years ago, I used to find myself, uh, you know, working long hours and mm. being on teleconferences and finding it hard to concentrate. So um, from a mindfulness perspective, I adopted colouring in um, and, and colour. And so that's where when I talk about creativity, they're actually combined. Yeah. Just so that I could get that focus and, uh, and that concentration. So, yeah. uh, you know, I was encouraging... Mm -hmm 
encouraging people to make sure that when they were at home, they were doing things um, to focus on their well-being um, and, uh, and also to stay strong, mentally strong, physically strong, um, but also um, celebrated that we can do this. Like we literally went home within 24 hours and it was the pre-planning that, um, that, that got us there. Um, to, to be able to do that and so you know reminding them how strong they are and that they did this we had the idea but they had to physically set themselves at home yep. and keep our business running so um, again communication played a key role in that uh, to remind them about the strength that they had yeah yeah okay awesome all right so I mean of, of everything that you've had to handle had sorry of everything that you've had to handle as a leader this year what do you think has been the most challenging yeah, that's a good question. You don't sit back and reflect. reflect uh, there's had, there hasn't been a lot of time to oh, reflect no, yet, no. has there? <laughs> I don't know when we'll get to no, do that. <laughs> correct. You feel like you're still solving. Um, look, I think um, the uh, lack of contact, our industry as individuals, our core strength is that one-on-one um, -on -one interaction or that interaction with people. It's, it's you know, it, it's people-centric, it's customer-centric. Yeah. Uh, so I think that was the hardest part. Um, I personally felt exhausted um, uh, working uh, from home, working via video. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought, why? Because, you know, I'm racing from meeting to meeting or um, client visit to client visit and yeah. I, it doesn't impact me. Yeah. Um, but it's the... Um, the fact that by video, you know, you have to focus more on the cues and the signs and the um, facial expressions um, that were that were making it more difficult. So, yeah. so I, I think that was probably the most challenging part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's definitely been tough. I think I think all of us underestimated how hard it would be to to look at people on a screen right in our faces <laughs> all day, yeah. every day. So a, a few months back, you spoke to one of my shortlist colleagues about, I think, I think you maybe you called it the Humanocracy Project, which is one of three elements and the other two are technology and business diversification that form part of the strategy you've been focused on after you joined Brunel last year. So do you want to tell me a bit more about, about that, what that involves? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the, the key strategic pillars is, is around people and it was easy to just write um, people, but in fact, I, I really wanted um, to um, make, make them aware about um, uh, moving the business from being led by process um, and moving to that human um, uh, leading indicator, uh, customer, people. Um, so it's all about fighting the bureaucratic, uh, bureaucratic drag. Um, and, and adopting humanocracy. So, uh, and it will become, uh, and, and therefore it is, you know, it is our culture. We'll make decisions like that uh, um, in, in accordance to um, customer people first. Uh, we'll structure ourselves that way um, and we'll build our, our, our products accordingly as well with, with them front of mind. Um, and, uh, you know, from a, from a cultural perspective, um, it's giving everyone the power to act like an owner. Um, you know, contr control comes from around, not above. Uh, decisions reflecting the wisdom of the crowd. 
and that acknowledging that we all report to the, the customer. Now we can be customers to ourselves. So I, you know, whether the customer is the is the is the wide term. So, um, and that's been a great a great process. Yeah. Um, in terms of um, you know, really reminding them daily um, that uh, don't start your conversations about the process or the policy. Um, we're dealing with each other. How do we enable? How do we partner? And and how do we create the solution to move forward? Um, because there's a lot of frustration when you lead a conversation, um, even internally, um, around process, saying no. It feels like an obstacle. When you're trying to uh, solve something, um, you want help. You don't want to be told the policy says you must first fill in these five forms. Um, and then I'll talk to you. Yeah. So build a good culture. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I want to get rid of. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. And and one thing also that struck me at the time was that you said that if, if leaders are, or I think you said something along these lines, if leaders are focused on results right now, and I think that you're referring specifically to consultants' billings, that you can lose those creative abilities and resilience and you can easily destroy your workplace culture. So And so that does make perfect sense. And at the same time, I know people need to be very clear on exactly what is expected of them. So tell me, if, if not results, are there other things that your people are measured against and and how do you approach that area? Um, look, during the time in particular from working from home, um, we we just we absolutely abandoned um, focusing on metrics and results, and it was messages of trust um, and connection. How can we help each other? That gave us visibility on what they were working in uh, working on for the day. The next morning, by asking that same question, we could see that it had progressed. Uh, so we abandoned the dashboards, and um, because it could have, it could have felt like you know um, remote management, and, and therefore questioning, and mm. coming across as a lack of trust. Mm. So that was the key driver, um, and I had a strong belief that um, by adopting that, we would get the outcome we wanted, and we did. We had great results. Yeah, fantastic. Great results. Fantastic. And are you back on dashboards now? Are you, are you sort of are you approaching some sort of normal in terms of um, operating there now? Yeah. So we run, um, a, you know, with a with a lean uh, framework. Yep. Uh, so we use our visual management boards and stand up meetings where, yes, they are about reflecting on the metrics, but more about acknowledging uh, the waste time or the obstacles um, and having a quick, you know, uh, stand up every morning and a think tank on. Uh, what are they? And sometimes you might go into a little bit of solving conversation, but ultimately um, capturing uh, the things that aren't making us agile as well. So yeah. yes, that's all back now in a in a you know in a face to face environment. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Okay, and so yeah, you just touched on what I wanted to ask you about next, which is that so you've done a bit of a business review and and you identified ninety two potential areas for improvement, um, and which um, in total, yeah. if if addressed, could save you more than ten thousand hours of unproductive time. So tell us a bit more about that and what what some of these areas were. Can you give examples? It's a range uh, from you know uh, forms, um, sign off processes. Um, you know, the way uh, we might have had workflows structured uh, within our CRM uh, that were not necessarily going in a straight line, but backwards and forwards, uh, you know, to get an outcome to maybe issue a contract. Um, uh, technology, uh, like our payroll systems, needed, needed a review. 
Um, so we, we started with, um, you know, just mapping the whole recruitment process and, and then just talking to all of the individual teams about tell me where all the, tell me where all of the hot spots are uh, or where your frustration points are. And that's ultimately how we matched the first 90, mm -hmm. um, what we called quick wins. Mm -hmm. um, and then slowly started to uh, yeah to work through them and um, challenge, basically challenge ask why why were we doing that um, because the key thing is not just rewriting a process uh, it's also calling stop because sometimes you don't actually know why you're doing that but you're just doing it um, mm. so that's been where most of that saving of time has come from mm. and um, putting a new payroll system uh, that integrates um, from the front all the way through to the back end, so acting like true middleware, um, is, is also one of the key changes we identified. So when we had a look at all of those, they all had a similar theme. And so rather than tackling all of them individually, we bunched about 30 of them up and realised that by... Uh, putting in a new payroll system with proper integration, they all went away. Yeah, um, right. So we, we and we could we could clearly see that uh, by by running that exercise. Yeah. Okay. And so, what can you tell me about the sort of what what the outcomes of that have been and what you've achieved as a result? So the um, go live for the payroll system has only been literally four weeks ago. Uh -huh, yeah. Um, and we're doing that in we're doing that in stages. Uh -huh. um, but we can already. Yeah. See that by putting that in, uh, now we are able to look at some of those processes for onboarding um, and, and simplifying them. So we're, we're sort of in that last phase, um, but it opens up now a whole new uh, of, uh, lot of quick win catches um, mm -hmm. that we can tackle by, by putting that in. Um, but, but otherwise, as for those 90, that technically they are all closed and solved. Mm -hmm. And so now we're building our next, uh, our, our next phase of that. So it's a, it's continuous improvement. Yeah, mm -hmm. great. And what, and what does the next phase look like for you guys? The next phase will um, still uh, focus on uh, other, other tools. So, um, and things more that would fit and plug into the uh, applicant tracking system uh, so that we can create some better um, an effective means of communication, contact, um, update, really really starting to focus more on building communities within Brunel um, of, 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 of talent specialists um, and, uh, and find finding tools to be able to, uh, to enable and empower that. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Are you able to put any sort of um, words or numbers around what difference that's made to to your results, to your financial results, whether top or bottom line or anywhere in between? Look, I, I can tell you that um, this time last year uh, we were running at a, um, unfortunately, a negative um, contribution on the bottom line mm -hmm. um, and this year, I can tell you that we're running um, at a positive. Yeah, okay, great. So by being able to restructure and reorganise, um, we have, uh, yeah, we have, we've been able to get the efficiencies um, around the way we work, but also by using the tools and the processes to, to empower that. And, it, and it's, and it's um, noticeable. Yeah, okay, great. All right. 
Now, okay, so I mean, we're not quite there, but we are, as we sort of talked about before the call, heading towards the end of the year quite fast. Uh, And it's a time when people normally start looking ahead and making plans and setting goals. Is there anything in particular that you think you'll be doing differently or want to change up in 2021? Look, we'll continue our diversification, so probably further aligning to our vertical strategy um, and, uh, you know, going deeper into our specialisations. You know, that narrow but deep um, is is the next phase. Um, But um, really, I I think uh, it will be, because we're still in in an evolution of some transformation, so I think sticking to, uh, you know, to those, those core principles um, for the next year uh, will be uh, will be the key focus. So I think it's important that we've uh, we've probably got another twelve months of that yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And do you feel confident at all to do a little bit of crystal ball gazing and say what you think might be in store for Brunel or for you or for the industry, whether whether good or bad, over the next twelve months? Um, look, well, the indicators at the moment are, are giving me signals of um, you know some solid growth. Um, and I think um, we will be able to uh, invest more in our people, uh, focusing more on the on, on the training um, aspect, and uh, you know, uh, working on uh, the skills that they have, uh, giving them more tools, basically, further refining them, investing in them. All of that feeds our product, and therefore the outcome to the customer. So. I think uh, there'll be more interaction on that, but yeah, feeling quite positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and also, I think for the industry, we've seen while stories have been complex and difficult, and a lot of people are out of work, uh, we have seen our industry play a really important role um, to find ways to redeploy um, in hard times. And so, I think I, I think we will absolutely um, be validated, uh, you know, next year uh, for the role that we can play um, accordingly. So so to me, I I feel it's positive, particularly here in Australia. Yeah, yeah, fantastic stuff. All right, well, thank you very much for your time, Tanya. It's great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Nice talking to you as well. The interviews featuring in this podcast are all reported at shortlist.net.au, Australia's news service for recruitment and talent acquisition leaders. I'm Joe Knox, Shortlist Editor, and I look forward to sharing my next interview soon.